Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, hosted by the packaging pastor, Adam Peak, and brought to you by Specrite. Specrite wants you to envision a world without waste. Go to specrite.com backslash PKG to learn more. Well, I am really excited to talk with my guest here today. I was I was a customer first. I was so excited when I found out about what uh, Brad and his team have been building at True Earth. I was just like, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta be about this, right? It just made too much sense. And so, me and my one wife and our five kids have been buying various products from True Earth for a few years now. And then someone reached out from a PR firm and said, hey, do you want to talk with someone? And I was like, absolutely, I do. That would be fantastic. So I am joined here by Brad Liskey. Brad is the co-founder and the chief executive officer. Does the E stand for executive or do you have something? It does, yeah. No, we'll go with that. officer. Okay. Chief (laughs) executive officer at True Earth. Brad, thank you so much for joining me here on the People of Packaging podcast. Hey, Adam, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so thanks for being a change maker too. As a customer, you are a true change maker. Oh, I appreciate that. I it's there's only so much that you know one person can do, and I try to really maximize how much I can do it with with not just you know my my dollars, my votes, my time, guests on my podcast, all sorts of things. So I, I really appreciate that. And you know, thanks, thanks to you for enabling change making. So through through what it is that you're doing. So why don't you just do a quick introduction about, you know, obviously, you could you could tell us about your your life and your education, and all that. But I would really like to know what led you to a point to get so passionate about making impactful change through a company like True Earth. So what was kind of that path like for you? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I appreciate that. You know, just like you, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a husband and a proud father of two amazing kids. Uh, well, maybe they're they're not kids anymore at 23 and 20, um, but they're making and they're making their own impact on the world. But really, it was um, finding a better place, and this was at all three of the co-founders. You know, finding a having a better planet for our kids and our kids' kids. Um, and actually wanting to have um, our kids want to have kids and have another generation as, you know, as this climate um, problem continues to elevate, it becomes, you know, the question as to whether they, they want to have and bring more kids into the world. Mm-hmm. And so that was that driving force is that, that you know, we do want and, and need a better place to, to live. As I say often, I'll let the billionaires Go build a rocket and go find another planet. But that orange thing, man, I'm not living on that. I'd rather just clean up the one we've got. Uh, it looks pretty good to me. I I have so many. We could totally derail this podcast on that point <laughs> alone because I have so much to say on that. But I'm just going to zip it up and let you yeah. keep right. I you have you you have a you have a friend in me on that specific topic. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, well, that's great. So it was really this internal motivation from your yep. children and and hopefully potential grandchildren that was was like, I got to go do something. And so did you have a background in consumer packaged goods? What what led you to this specific? There's so many areas you can go to, right? 
Yeah. What was, what was this specific one and what really led you? Well, this, and you said you're three co-founders? Yeah, there's two other co-founders, myself okay. and, and Ryan and Kevin. Um, the three of us got together. And the way it was actually created um, was it was what I call clean giving. And we literally, I was just trying to help out an extended family member who had invested money in a company that had a patent on turning liquids into into a sheet. And for a number of years, they, they just couldn't get it to, to grab and, and take market. So he kept asking, you know, can you help? Can you help? Can you help? And I, I didn't understand what he was saying, especially, you know, because we hadn't seen the product. So we finally sent us the product. And, and, and as you know, right, when you when you touch it kind of for the first time, you understand that, hey, this is this is actually pretty innovative. This is pretty cool. And then you actually use it and it works. That's like the the ultimate win. And so we just decided to try and run it on, on the side of our desk, actually. And, you know, put a brand around it, took it to market. We were D2C marketing um, subscription-based guys. So, and we got a 10-time expe- expected result out of it in the first 30 days. So we leaned in and we continued to lean in. It fit my mandate as far as, you know, my... my my environmental background started my first business when I was 18. So I've spent, you know, the last 35 years uh, learning lessons that, that have allowed true earth to, to grow at this, this rapid rate. So once we leaned in, it just kept going and country after country, um, there was success you know, in three years. Cause we only found it in, in 2019. And in the last three years, we're now in 78 countries and over 6,000 retail locations. Wow. That's, that is staggering. I mean, honestly, yeah. it's, how how has it been? So there, there's a lot there's a lot of directions to go here, and I, I want to get to some other topics. But I'm just curious on this rapid growth rate over the last three years, and you couple that with a challenging supply chain might be the kindest <laughs> way to put it. So how did you grow at that rate? while also managing all of your raw materials, your manufacturing, obviously it's a packaging podcast. So the, the sure. buying up the packaging and then getting the freight out, how, how was that managed by your team to, to achieve those growth rates? That seems like a lot of sleepless nights. I don't have any hair and I'm surprised you still do. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, if you got a back shot on me, you see the hair starting to go. Uh, <laughs> No, the the growth rate, and we were just an, announced uh, as you know the 46th fastest growing company in, in Canada, which is where we originated. Even though the U.S. is our largest market, um, we had a remarkable, as you say, 944 percent growth rate in the last three years. Can I give you some and, celebratory air horn sound effect? Sure, that was- absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that was loud. So, and you're right. It comes with a whole lot of pain. 944% growth comes with pain and, and not just in supply chain, in thinking, uh, in team building. We built most of our team, you know, because uh, we went from zero to to 50 million in revenue in that period of time and, and on tracking for, for 100 million this year. Um, with that, we had bodies and you know, 100 people added on to the team that we hired that you'd we never even met because I interview them over a Zoom call. So packaging was one of the, the most unique kind of parts of the equation is that it started with me. 
you know, and, and trying to figure it out and talking with suppliers. And then it went to Ryan, who's our CMO, and then it went to supply chain. And now we've grown to an organizational size that we have a person dedicated for packaging who, who came to us from Mars Corporation. So with that, you know, the, the speed at which we grew, we had to add the bodies that knew that they were doing. The supply chain kind of loved us because we weren't in we weren't in plastic. Uh, we were in right from, you know, the, the get go needing. We knew this thing couldn't be in plastic, even though the inventor felt it needed to be in plastic. We knew we can't. It, it's still not right for the planet. So, you know, multiple iterations. We got to um, it into cardboard, which is what it's in now, like a cardboard sleeve, which is you know, the, the way you want it be delivered um, cost-effectively from a distribution, a 94% reduction in, in emissions. So we're, we're, we're doing our part to help save, save the planet. Hey, let's take a quick break here. As Brad was talking about the reduction in CO2 and emissions and doing their part to take care of the planet, I'm reminded of this incredible partnership between Specrite and Compass. If you go to specrite.com, you can reach out to them, connect up with them. They can help your brand understand what it is that Brad is actually talking about. How do you make an impact? How does changing your specs from, you know, from a certain plastic polymer over to a folding carton, what does that mean? What is the impact on the environment? You can just pull it right from your specification management software in Specrite over into Compass. So please do me a favor, go check out specrite.com, see what they have going on and, and put in place for yourself a system in which allows you to speak as confidently as Brad is here about their impact. Let's get back to this interview with Brad. Better way of explaining it on the CO2, but most importantly is I knew paper. I knew I knew my background. I knew who to talk to and suppliers, and to get that flow. Chemical composition, same type of thing. What what was really amazing about this thing was this movement that was created, not only from people like yourself as a change maker, and, and there's over a million now around around the world, but also the suppliers. They, they, they wanted to have a customer who was doing something good. So I don't know where they took the chemicals out of somebody else's contract and gave it to us, whatever the case may be. Um, we, were, we didn't hit too many hiccups that way. It was mostly in building our own infrastructure and growing out. That's where the challenges were. Yeah. And, you know, even not just the chemicals, but as someone who works in in like packaging manufacturing, even just getting somebody to supply you with paper-based materials yep. has been has been a real challenge. So kudos to you and and your team for not only having a plan to grow and a product that can sustain growth, but also being able to being able to kind of I'll say sell internally to your suppliers and vendors. Oftentimes, that's something that I find on on this side of the equation. You, you, have, you have customers who are really great to work with, and you have others who just treat you like you're just a supplier. Just get me my stuff, and and those people who had built up those second those latter relationships probably started to feel a lot more pain than folks like yourself who were were more willing more willing to have a partnership to save the earth because without the chemical providers, the packaging suppliers, the logistics, the the pallet manufacturers, not all of those, getting a product to market 
at this scale. Nine, you said nine hundred and forty-four percent growth. Yeah, yeah, and, Boy, and that... you you add on top of that being bold enough to to put some targets in front of everybody that you're going to and hit those targets. Um, that that is what we all need when, especially when you're talking about a an eco based company, you've got to be bold right now. We we need to move faster, and you know, we, we were fortunate enough to, to hire, to have join us, uh, Darren Gross, um, who's our VP of global supply chain. And he came with 30 years of sustainable supply chain from one of the largest corporations in the world. So he knew what to do. So it was great to have somebody that said, okay, I know what I'm doing here. Let's go. Rather than trying to figure it out as you go. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That's the, the that experience is, is so valuable. Uh, so I want to talk about a post that I saw from from a, a few days ago, I guess maybe a little over a week ago. Uh, it, you, you were talking about international coastal cleanup. Let's let's pivot away a little bit because I'm really curious to hear about what that is and what was True Earths and, and you specifically. What was your involvement in in that uh, in that cleanup? Absolutely. So um, it was kind of you know it's it's important for us as as we you know, look at our, our U.S. commitment and being our, our largest market um, that we're giving back. So and not just in money, but in, in actual time and, and, and energy. So I found myself and I brought our team down to uh, San Francisco and for International Shoreline Cleanup Day, which is was uh, last Friday, last Saturday. Okay. And we cleaned up two beaches in California. So together with OceanWise, which is where the U.S. founding uh, partner for OceanWise's shoreline cleanups, uh, the San Francisco Baykeepers, and then about 75 true changemakers who came out. Uh, we collected an alarming 925 pounds of trash from two beaches. It was um, shocking, to say the least. The amount of, of trash that was eliminated from hitting those oceans. There's a statistic that that all rocks me no matter what is that plastic pollution. You know, the, the weight of a humpback whale enters the ocean every three minutes of every day. Humpback whale every three minutes of every day. That is something that we we have no choice but to step up and help stop. That is staggering. I mean, staggering. And as you're as you're talking about this cleanup too, it's not. And and I don't I don't want to be I I don't mean to be stereotypical, but the Bay Area tends to be full of people who you would believe are more conscientious towards recycling, more conscientious towards taking care of their own environment. At least from my perspective in Salt Lake City, I, I was actually born in San Jose, but I moved very quickly out to Colorado. I didn't move. I was like one and a half. I was pretty sure I was in the back of the of the movie and I was <laughs> participating in that movie. But, you know, that's kind of the, the general idea is that, oh, yeah, you know, there's there's more people there who are more aware, more you know, progressive politically. They've got better recycling. And you're like, well, yeah, we went to that place on a Saturday and cleaned up 925 pounds of trash just on a random Saturday is yeah. that's, that's wild. And the beach, when you looked at it was clean. 
and that and that goes anywhere in the world. So it's not just San Francisco. It's it's not better or worse anywhere. Every beach we go to, it looks clean until you start to clean it. And then it just comes out, you know, with it in, in the tough part of the bay. The bay area is inside the inside the rocks on on the harbor on the inside on the in the bay area. There's there'd be a plastic bag that got stuck in the rocks, you know. On the on the Pacific side, it's in the dunes where they get caught in the dunes. So this this garbage, this plastic pollution, gets captured. It finds a way to to, to hide itself. And even though the rakes don't pick it up. Um, there is lots yet to clean, hmm. and that, and even though we've never created, we're not creators of plastic pollution from a corporate perspective because we're we're a zero waste organization. We still think it's our duty as as citizens to clean that to clean that beach to clean up that plastic because we're trying to get it from both both sides of the coin here. Yeah, yeah. I the that phrase "it looks clean until you clean it" resonated with me not just from a beach perspective. But as a father with five children who are, you know, when, when you're doing laundry with them, it's like, well, it might look clean, but we still got to clean it. We still got to clean yeah. it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, they're smelling, you know, 15-year-old son. It's like, no, 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 don't. You don't smell your clothes. <laughs> clean. Like, we should, we'd probably wash those. And it's a human, we believe that it's a clean clothes is a human right. You know, and that's why the other side of what we're doing at, at True Earth that, that kind of differentiates us and what we feel strongly about is that we donate to those in need. So we've uh, proudly donated 18 million loads of laundry detergent to to the most vulnerable among us. Um, so that's everywhere from hospitals in, in Africa or mass units in the Ukraine. They're going through a horrendous time right now or a, a food bank around the corner. While we were in San Francisco, we donated $100,000 worth of detergent to the uh, homeless prenatal program. And they're doing amazing work. So we also, my team also volunteered for half a day in just preparing the, the, the kits for them. That, that program is doing remarkable work. And there, there are so many organizations out there that just need, and we didn't realize, Adam, that they don't get laundry detergent. That's something that people don't donate. So we're happy that we've now put this program in place for the last couple of years. But it's because of people like you and your family, the, the, the true change makers at the end of the day, have allowed us that, that privilege of being able to donate on behalf of what you guys have, have purchased. Well, it makes me feel better. I, you know, these are things that, well, you know, obviously I, I didn't know. We had never met. This is our first conversation yeah. right now. And that is near and dear to to my heart. And you've opened up a new level. I, I sit on a couple of nonprofit boards. Uh, one is an, I, I go to southeastern India uh, to Andhra Pradesh pretty often and work with a, a school and an orphanage there. And you know you're right. And the thing that I'm I'm it's going through my head right now is I bet the reason why so much laundry detergent hasn't been donated is because of the form factor, partially because of the form Absolutely. factor of detergent to, to make it in the U.S. in heavy jugs and then to freight it across the globe is, is useful from a, do they get clean clothes? Yes or no? The answer is yes. But from a, you know, the, from the diesel fuel to put it on to, you know, just the carbon impact of doing that 
it, I'm not going to say it, it would off, it, you know, like it offsets the good, but it's, it's a lot. And, it's and a lot. the cost of doing that. And so you have this product, so you, you have an ethos to do good, to take care of the earth and the people of the earth. And you have a product that allows you to, to actually fulfill those commitments to have less waste, lower carbon impact, deliver a quality product to the ends of the, to, to the far reach of the world. I think it's, I didn't know that about you, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm super glad to have heard that, that particular detail. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, one, one of our core values is be confident, but humble. And sometimes we're a little bit too humble um, and we don't tell everybody about what, what's happening, but because we believe in clean giving. So we do it because it's the right thing to do, not because there's a marketing a win to it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad that I kind of glad you don't know um, because that, you know, isn't, you know, that means that we're not trumpeting too much, but at the same time, we do need to to use forums like yours to tell the world that there, there is a, there are companies out there that are trying to help and we're one of them. And I think that's a, the obligation of every company right now is mm-hmm. you're going to have to look at your community and, and how are you helping your community? It goes beyond just selling a product. We can, any one of us can sell a product anytime, but do you have the courage to step up and, and help those that, that are in need? That's, that's the differentiator, I believe, from a company that will survive in this, in the next uh, decade and a company that won't. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been reading uh, the the story of, oh, shoot, I'm going to forget his name, the founder of Patagonia and how he's donating, yes. you know, Absolutely. he's donating his, his company. His company. It's incredible. I uh, just read uh, Conscious Capitalism, which is a great book. And, and I think that it's been a slow turning of the of the ship towards that end. But I really believe in the younger generations, Gen Z, millennial, I don't, I'm not sure what it was after Gen Z, but have, have really demanded it of brands. And, and the cool part is that you have a 944% growth because people are actually doing it now rather than saying, well, yeah, this, I really value this. It's, it's a duplicitous mindset. I really value this, but how I spend my time, my, my energy and my effort doesn't align with my values. And we've kind of been okay with that. And now we have companies like what you've, you and your team have built over at True Earth that allows for values to align with, with a, a great product at a reasonable cost that makes a good impact on the environment. And that does its job, right? It's not, it's not yeah. a step down in terms right. of, in terms of, you know, all of the various products you have, you're in, you're in how many different product lines? I was trying to remember. We, we do the yes. detergent. We bought some, uh, some wool dryer balls, but you have some other products I believe you've come out with in the last. The, the fastest growing one right now actually is, is toilet bowl cleaner. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah. Instead of having that little duck, um, that you're squirting up and, and we make everything in the toilet blue that that's white and over chemicaling it we've we've controlled the dose you put one little strip in the bottom of the toilet let it dissolve and then just clean the toilet with it so a it's a lot easier um b it's the right amount of chemicals to clean the toilet because we don't know these things you know and i was guilty of it myself whether it's toilet or it's laundry we overdose we put too much in right in the U.S., there's a $2 billion problem just in laundry category alone of pouring too much. So when times are tough, we got to, you know, do what is is easier. And CPG firms need to be a little bit more transparent on how much you're supposed to use. Um, and then after that, we also have a multi-surface cleaner. So a way of trans- instead of transporting all that water in the spray spray bottle, 
just put the little strip into the bottle, grab some water out of the tap uh, and shake it up or yep. throw it in a pail, right? Those are our top brands. And then we got a bunch coming out. So Adam, what we're super excited about this year is, is uh, a number of different products coming out because we will not stop until we've eradicated plastic from household cleaning products. That's what we're after, right? It does not need to be packaged in plastic anymore. So we'll we'll take on the kitchen, the ba- bedroom, pardon me, the bathroom and the laundry room, in in making sure that when we look under the counter, there's no plastic there anymore. It'll it'll all be cardboard. It'll all be paper. There you go. Well, yeah. uh, I I hope everyone can go. I I believe the the website is true.earth, T-R-U.E-A-R-T-H. Do I have that correct? You you do have it correct. And if and if you don't, there's also available on Amazon. And then 6,000 retail locations. So Publix, Kroger, um, Giant, all carry it as well. Very good. So get it online, get it in your local store, uh, whatever you do, just just go out and get it. I, I can tell you, this isn't like some big, long commercial. I'm an actual <laughs> consumer. They didn't, send, they didn't pay me to do that. They didn't send me free product. Like I go <laughs> buy it. And I really, I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, I know you can go on there. There's there's various ways to get kind of a first time discount. There's codes and things like that. But absolutely, uh, I I really number one appreciate all that you're doing. Uh, I'm appreciative to have been just a, a small part of of this journey going forward here on the podcast. Uh, I'm excited to be a change maker and to keep encouraging other people to do the same. Uh, so Brad, besides uh, going to True Earth and and joining the movement and getting some products, uh, how else would people follow? maybe some content if you do webinars and or as a company i know there's some educational stuff that you do uh in terms of encouraging people what are some other ways for people to get involved yeah i think uh, the hashtag true earth movement is probably the best thing to to join on um and then we have a newsletter called true change uh, so a weekly newsletter about different ways of doing eco swaps and and hacks and environmental issues that'll come to you each week and then we also uh, own and manage um, environment911.org. So it's all about environmental issues. And that was actually founded by my kids about 10 years ago. And so they have created a, a site that brings to, to surface environmental issues. So you can be a part of the dialogue and the conversation. Uh, and in some schools, we also have an Ocean Heroes curriculum for grades five to eight. But so if you don't have kids in that range, uh, but definitely join the movement. I think we not I think I know that it's going to take many, many small hinges to swing this very big door. So you know, everyone, every single person is important. And we'd love to have you part of the conversation. I love it. Brad, thank you so much for for joining the People of Packaging podcast. And thank you even more for all of your work. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to to see where things continue to grow and, and how you continue to, to make change in the world. That so desperately needs it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Adam. Appreciate having, having me on today. Hey, congratulations. You made it to the end of the People of Packaging podcast interview. If you want more packaging content, I want to encourage you to go follow my friend Corey Connors. The Sustainable Packaging Podcast with Corey Connors is great, along with Avelio Matos. He has Package Design Unboxed, and you can listen to them wherever you find podcasts. Remember, packaging is awesome.